All right, you can be seated. Good morning again. Back in the year 1995, my wife and I were packed up leaving our house, and I distinctly remember doing this. I was closing the door to our living room, going out onto the porch, and I looked back in, and in my mind I thought, it is never going to be the same in this house again. Because we were leaving to go to the hospital to witness our first child being brought into the world. And I remember thinking, the next time I walk through this door, I'm going to be a father. Oh, scary. <laughs> Cinda is going to be a mother. We're going to have this other thing <laughs> with us that we don't, we don't know what to do with. I just remember thinking how life was getting ready to change in a big way, in a good way, but in a big way. Some things that were comfortable for were no longer going to be comfortable, and some new things were going to be coming my way. And and, and just in, you know, like the day or two after that, there would be more whining in the house, more crying, more staying up late, more more yelling and asking for food, and and there would also be a baby in the house, you know. So, So life was getting ready to change. What a blessing for God to give us the ability to bring another life into the world. To create on His behalf. To do something new on His behalf. Well, today as a church, we're getting ready to do something new. We're getting ready to do something Different And just like I stood at the door of my house anticipating how life was going to be different and life was getting ready to change, that's what we're doing today as a church. God has brought us on this incredible journey. If you've been here over the last three or four years, you know what a journey that's been. You know how God has delivered and shown up over and over again in the life of this church. About two and a half years ago, I stood right here and I said these words, every great testimony begins with a great challenge. You are part of a great testimony that God is writing. You are part, you may have been part of the great challenge and now you're part of a great testimony that God is writing about this church his story through our lives and through our church. If you're here for the first time today, this is the last day that we're meeting as one church that meets in one place. Starting next week, we'll be one church still, but we'll meet in two different locations, one right here at Six Forks on Forum Drive in this movie theater and one in Wakefield in that movie theater. And what an amazing testimony it is to God that he's brought us from where we were and shown us his grace and his mercy and taken us to where we are. And when I say one church, two locations, I've talked about this before, but maybe you're here for the first time or you, you forgot what I said and, and you're thinking, well, how in the world are they going to pull that off? I only see one pastor. I only see one worship guy. There's just one Joel. How in the world are they going to pull that off? Well, you probably have questions. 
And I told you last week I would take a few minutes today and, and just address some of those questions that are obvious, questions that anybody would have if you think, well, we're gonna, are, are we gonna, if we're going to multiply our efforts, double our efforts, how's that going to work? How are you going to pull it off? What's it going to look like next week? So I kind of thought, what are some of the common questions that I know people are going to have, because that's the questions I get emailed, I, the questions I get, people come up and ask me, and, and so I just want to address two or three of those real fast this morning. The biggest question is, how, how are you going to do the teaching? How are you going to be in two places at one time? It's easy. Video. It's really cool. I mean, we, we've got, we've invested in an HD camera and an HD projector, all that really cool stuff, and, and sometimes you'll see a message on video. And isn't it amazing that God has perfectly positioned us in a movie theater, in two movie theaters where we can leverage technology in a way to where it's almost like you're there. It's like just that close. Isn't it amazing that God has put us in a place with this huge screen and all that, these comfortable seats to where we can do that kind of teaching in a very effective way? So sometimes you'll see me on video. And it's probably not a pretty sight. Sorry you have to see it, but, but that's the way it's going to be sometimes. Sometimes it'll be live. And the teaching team, myself and Rob Perry and Darren Hall, we're going to rotate through just like we do now. That's not going to be any different. It's just sometimes it'll be live at one place, on video at another place. It'll be the same message. Sometimes it'll be two different people giving the same message. Sometimes it might even be video in both places. But that's how we're going to leverage technology. One thing I can promise you is the messages you hear before they're ever given, they go through the filter of, is this relevant? Does it apply to somebody's life? Does it bring God's Word alive in a whole new way? I can, I can promise you messages will continue to be just that. And if that's part of the reason you're drawn back here again and again, that won't change. The method of delivery will be a little bit different. And I also ask you to just be a little bit patient because we're moving towards making it a live simulcast from one site to the other instead of pre-recorded. And we're moving towards that. It won't be next week, but we're getting, we're getting there. And it's going to take a while, but just be patient. Quality won't suffer. The method of delivery will be different. So for two weeks, you might see video. For four weeks, you might see live. For one week, it might go back to video. For three weeks, it might be one person in each place, and it'll just be a variety, just like it is now. Just the delivery's a little bit different. Another obvious question is, how are you going to do the music? And how's that going to work? Because I want to know, am I going to have to watch music on video too? No. Music should be interactive. That part of our worship time together is something we participate in, and we're not going to put that up on the screen. That's always going to be led by a live person. So now you're probably thinking, well, which one's Joel going to be at? That's what I want to know. We're not going to tell you. You're not going to know. But we're going to use a rotation of worship leaders that, that some weeks it'll be Joel right here for maybe a few weeks in a row, and then it'll be a couple of our, our very own uh, music people, 
very own guys in the band. Bob Canolte will be leading some. Dennis Evans will be leading some. They'll be rotating in. The guy that you met last week, if you were here, Rob Watson, he'll be rotating in. A guy named Ryan Van Sickle, you might remember him. He'll be rotating in. But one thing I can promise you, the quality will not suffer. The the maturity and the ability and the giftedness of these people who are going to lead us in worship will not go down. It will stay at the level you're used to hearing. Now, everybody's got their favorites. That's, that's, That's human nature. I understand that. But just don't whine and complain about it. That's all I'm asking. Just, you know, it's going to come around what you like occasionally. I promise. So just understand that there's a whole bigger picture out there, that there are lives that we, we're not just trying to do this to say, hey, we got two places. We got church meets down here. We got another part of our church meets over there. One big church, two locations. Isn't that cool? That's not why we, we didn't sit down a year ago and say, let's do something really cool. It's because we want to see people get to experience exactly what you're getting to experience today. We want people to be drawn to the same thing you're drawn to. We want people to say, hey, you got to come check this out. So because we feel like we have this formula that works, we're not going to mess with that. And you're going to continue to hear relevancy, and you're going to continue to hear quality, and you're going to continue to hear, you know, rock. It's not, that's not going to stop. Another question, which would be a legitimate question, is how are we affording to pay for all this? You know, hello? I mean, are you like draining us dry? Are we going to be able to pay the bills? How's that going to work? One of the things that has amazed me over the last several years is the way God has intersected, allowed us to intersect our lives with people who are generous in a way that I've never experienced before. And God has blessed this church with so many generous people. Back in October, I, I shared with you that we were going to be a multiple site church and what that was going to look like. And then after that Sunday, I get this email that says, hey, I, I would like to give a little bit of money to that. And the person just wrote a check for ten grand and said, here, put that in the multi-site fund. Then I get a call from Bridges Christian Church in Russell, Kentucky. Good friend of mine who's an elder there. His name's Gary Lane. And he's a good old boy from Kentucky called me up. Hey, I hear you guys are doing this multi-site thing. How's that work? And so I'm telling him how it works. And he said, well, were you going to try to raise money, call us or anything? And I was like, "Uh, should I? (laughs) And and, and so they said, we want to be a partner. We want to help make that happen. That's a great idea. We see God all over. We want to invest in that. No strings attached. Just here's some money to make it happen. Then our, then our original planting organization, Stadia, plants churches all over the country. Same or very similar conversation with them. And it ended up between those two organizations and that individual, over $100,000 was just given to say, we believe in this. And we think this should happen. Here's the money to help make it happen. So that's where most of what you see spent is where it's coming from. On the back of today's program, if you turn it over, if you're one of those people that always look for budget numbers, I know some of you have noticed it said TBA. 
I thought of you every week we were putting TBA on there. The new number is on there for 2008. And if you're here for the first time, it's like, okay, that's a number. That's a little bit of an increase from last year. It's a $3,000 a week increase. That's not much considering we are going to double our efforts, double our opportunities to reach people with the message of Christ. And, and, and you guys understand about tithing and bringing, bringing back to God that which he's blessed you with, and you understand that. I don't have any concern that this church can meet that budget. No concern at all. Because you've shown over and over again your faithfulness and your generosity. So I'm sure there's a few more questions, a few more, well, I'm not sure about this. How are you going to do that? And if you got that, come talk to me or go talk to Rob or Darren. They, they, they'd love to talk to you as well. Just come talk to us in the lobby, email us, and we'll be glad to talk to you about any of this stuff. So today, let's enjoy our last day as a single location. Let's celebrate that God has entrusted us just like God entrusted my wife and I with children. God has entrusted us to say, I trust you, LifePoint, to, to go to this other community and begin something new and have an impact. In the Old Testament, there's a story about this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And the word ark really just means chest, but ark kind of sounds a little cooler. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Chest doesn't quite, you know, that's not a real marketable phrase. But, but it was just a chest that God instructed the Israelites to build. And there's a highly symbolic culture, and, and they put some very sacred things in this chest, in this ark. And to them, to the Israelites, this ark represented God's presence in their life. I mean, when, when that ark was there, it was like, God is with us. God is with us. And they would see this ark, and they would find comfort in knowing God's presence is with us. So if you were an enemy of Israel, what would you try to do? Take the ark. So their enemies were always trying to take it because they figured, if we can take the ark, they'll lose their confidence, they won't feel like God is with them, and they'll be easy pickings. So they were constantly under some kind of battle from some nation trying to come in and steal this away from them. And finally, a nation did steal the ark. And the Israelites were defeated because they knew they could do nothing without the presence of God. A book in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, tells the story of the battles involved in trying to get the ark back in the hands of the Israelites. And finally, they defeated the Philistines. The Philistines brought the ark back, and they had victory. A prophet named Samuel led them to this victory. And after they got the ark back, after the Philistines were defeated, Samuel took this stone, this stone called Ebenezer, which means stone of help. And he placed it between these two cities. And when he placed it between these two cities, he said in 1 Samuel 7, verse 12, up to this point, the Lord has been with us. He understood 
that they had, what they had accomplished and what they would accomplish was because the Lord was with them. And through the first four years of our church, of LifePoint being in existence, God has accomplished amazing things through this church. He's proven His faithfulness and His presence over and over again. Lives changed. Marriages healed. Addictions conquered. People walking in the door of a church for the first time in their life or the first time again in their life. Just over and over hearing people say things like, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for this church and these people. One Sunday afternoon when I got home after church, opened up my email, began to read. It was a person that just wanted to make some comments about the day and be complimentary. At the end of his email, he said, hey, I just wanted you to know. I'm that one life that you talk about all the time. That one life that you talk about that that you want to see change. That was me today. And it's so easy to to hear stories like that, that one life, and say, wow, that was pretty good. (laughs) One person, that's what I said I would do, that's what happened, and look in the mirror and give myself a pat on the back. It's easy to say, wow, man, this thing was on the brink of just exploding, falling apart. Who thought it could go another day? And Well, it did. Nice job. And then I'm reminded that any boasting, any any good thing that happens, it's not because of me. I'm definitely not that smart. Not because of any person. It's because of God. And when boasting comes, when we say, look at what's happening, it's not to say, look at what we're doing. It's to say, Look at at what God has done among us. Surely he has been with us up to this point. And he will go with us into the future. Whatever next week and beyond looks like, he's going to be part of it. And when the next big thing comes, he's going to be part of that. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says this. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. But for our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. J. Oswald Sanders said, a great deal more failure is the result of an excess of caution than of bold experimentation with new ideas. The frontiers of the kingdom of God were never advanced by men and women of caution. You know, from an early age, I knew what it meant to throw caution to the wind. Twelve years old, standing on the top level outside of a two-story house, down below, It's an eight-foot swimming pool. And all my buddies. And they say, do it. Daring me to jump. And I did. I jumped. And I did the most beautiful landing right in the middle 
This is not, this is a good story. Right in the middle of the eight foot end of the swimming pool. And I went and did it again. People say to me sometimes, you are an adrenaline junkie. You are an, you are a risk taker. And you know, I don't get you. I don't understand. But imagine your life without taking chances. Imagine your life if you'd never taken the chance and said, will you marry me? Or if you'd never taken the chance and said, would you, would you go out with me? Imagine your life if you'd never taken the chance and said, I am going to beat this addiction. Imagine your life if you had never made the decision to love again or to give church another try. Imagine your life without taking chances, without taking some risk. There's a guy in the New Testament named Peter who took a big risk one time. He and the other disciples were out on this lake and the wind was blowing and all of a sudden they look up and here comes somebody walking. And they think it's Jesus. They're not really sure, but they're out in the lake. You know, it's hundreds of feet deep and here's somebody walking on water and Peter gets the idea, you know, if that's Jesus, I could probably walk to him. So he, he yells out, if that's you, Lord, let me walk to you. And so Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water towards Jesus. And he did it. Threw caution to the wind and said, I'm getting out. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see if it works. And for the rest of his life, sitting around a campfire, he could say, after everybody told their story, what happened in their life, he could wait till the end and say, I walked on water. And I would, I would really brag about it if that were me. I mean, that'd be, hello, I'm Donnie Williams. I walked on water. I'd like you to know that. That's the first thing I would say. But for the rest of his life, because he took that chance, he knew that God could accomplish anything through Jesus Christ. He knew that literally. Even if it meant defying the laws of physics, he knew that. In the book, The Dream Giver, Bruce Wilkinson says, when you hear him say, come further, pick up your knapsack. Your horizon's full of promise. A big dream is out there waiting. And if you don't pursue it, something won't happen. And I, six months ago, I told you this story about standing behind the theater at Wakefield and, and praying and asking God, is this a direction you want our church to go? And I remember the quote from this book, and I thought, if we don't go this direction, what won't happen? Whose life won't get touched? Who, who is it that won't? realize that there's something relevant to be learned from Scripture. What won't happen if we don't do this? The same way God worked in the life of Peter, the same way God worked in the life of that person who said, hey, wanted you to know today I'm that one life. The same way God has worked in the life of this church, He will work in your life. This may be your first time at LifePoint. It may be your first and only time. Maybe you came to find out what we're all about and you're thinking, not me. That's okay. But take a chance on God. Take a chance and let God show you that He is faithful. He's shown us as a church over and over again. Let Him show you as an individual that He is 
faithful. And no matter what that next step is in your life, take the chance, throw caution to the wind, take the next step, and watch God come through. So whatever it is you need to stop doing in your life or start doing in your life or make right in your life, take a chance on God and do it. I would rather deal with the failure than the regret of never taking the chance. So my life did change when I walked back into the house a couple of days later. It was me and my wife and our new baby girl. And boy, was life different from then on out. It was better. It was better than I ever imagined, and God... God brought feelings and emotions in me I never knew existed and took our family to places I never thought possible. It was better than I could have ever imagined, even though there may have been the hint of, ooh, life's going to be different. Things aren't going to be the same anymore. There's going to be even more people get to experience spiritually what you've experienced, relationally what you've experienced. There's going to be even more people learn about serving and connecting, and how the words of Jesus Christ are just as relevant today as they were 2,000 years ago. There's going to be more people learn about leading. Over the past few months, it's been awesome to watch people who were in the shadows step out of the shadows and take ownership and say, I want to be part of this. I want to make it happen. People here at this location and people who are helping get the other one started. And all of a sudden, I see people having lights go off and they all of a sudden realize it is about one life and my little part of it is going to make a difference. If you're just sitting there wondering, what do I need to do? Take a chance and watch what God can do. How many of you were here the very first day? All right. Thank you. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for still being here. It's amazing. I just want to take a moment before we share communion together and just pray. Pray that God is as evident among us in the future as he has been in the past. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for those people who have been a part of this church for the last four years that saw something special that brought other people. God, thank you so much for the way you've delivered us over and over and over again. And God, I want to lift up that one person that's here today that that needs to take a chance and mend a relationship or put down the bottle or stop looking at what they're looking at, whatever it is in their life. God, I pray they would just take that chance. I pray they could just take the chance like Peter did when he stepped out of the boat and let you show them that you are always there. God, thank you that we don't need a chest or an ark to know you're with us. You're with us because we know your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that more people get to know that through what you're doing in our church. Father, it's a privilege for you to work through us. God, we thank you for entrusting us with such an amazing task, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
One thing we do every week at LifePoint is we take time and we share the Lord's Supper together. Just like the first century church did, the big bunch of risk takers who said, we're going to take this message of hope and forgiveness and we're going to share it with the world. And because 11 guys got serious about what Jesus said to them in the book of Matthew chapter 28, when he said, go into all the world, they got serious about it. And because of those guys, if you could trace your spiritual history, if you're a Christ follower, it would go back to one of those 11 guys saying, hey, I got to tell this person so they can tell that person. And down through history, their results have been made known in the kingdom of God. You are a result of somebody taking the message of Christ serious. And all throughout the ages, Christians have gathered like we have today to worship and spend time together and share a meal together. Today we call that communion. And as those elements come down, if you're a Christ follower, you already know what these mean. If you're not a Christ follower, if you're here for the first time today and you're not really sure what this is all about, it's okay just to let it pass you by. But if you know that the simple emblem of juice in a cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ and the simple little piece of bread in there represents the body of Jesus Christ, let's take a moment together and let's share in communion and remember where God has brought us from and rejoice at where he is going to take us. When you get the elements, peel back the first layer, take out the bread, and remember that Jesus Christ said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. And then peel back the second layer drink the juice and remember Jesus Christ saying this cup is my blood poured out for you and for the forgiveness of the whole world drink all of it